0: All right, guys. Welcome. Wednesday night study, my favorite night of the week. Here we go again. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> please open to Luke eight, verse forty. We're gonna we're gonna get to the end of the chapter. We're gonna finish Luke eight tonight, Lord willing. Um, <clears throat> I have this. It started like yesterday and got gnarly today. Uh, just a tickle in my throat. It's been going around. I'm getting all my coworkers sick. So might be brief. Um, But it's going to be Lord willing, spirit led, and hopefully really encouraging. All right, guys? Oh, if you don't have a Bible, please raise your hand. And maybe Chauncey or somebody else will be willing to get you one. Um, But if you do, Luke 8, 40. And we're going to pray it up. And we're going to get into the Word. Um, (coughs) Father... Thank you for being able to worship and sing to you. Those songs were perfect, Lord, and it's just a testament to how your spirit works to soften our hearts, Lord, to be ready to hear your word. Father, we pray that this would land on good soil, like we've talked about in past weeks, and ready ears to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. We know that your word is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. So Lord, we ask that you would meet us here tonight. Lord, remove me from me. Um, We want to hear from you tonight, Lord. So would you bless this time. Bless these people. Thank you for getting them here. That in and of itself, Lord, is just a blessing uh, to our own souls, our own hearts. So thank you for the people here tonight. Um, We pray for your word as it goes out, Lord. Give me wisdom and discernment as I get to teach. And in your perfect and holy name, amen. (coughs) Amen. All right, guys, um, Luke 8, verse 40, um, if you weren't here last week, um, check it out. Uh, what's the name, Steve or uh, David Austin, the name of the podcast right now where we put all this stuff? Surfing the Word? Check it out if you have just the podcast app on your um, iPhones, check it out, Surfing the Word. Last week was awesome, super encouraging, um, and it's, uh, it was, Yeah. Needless to say, it was very encouraging to my heart and I hope to other people too. But last week, um, Jesus took the boys um, across the Galilee to the area of the Gadarenes. And uh, Dave brought up a good point in other gospel passages. The name kind of changed a little bit, um, but he explained that really well. So go check the podcast. Um, But all that to be said, verse 40, Jesus, for context, is coming back. Um, from where they were with the boys after healing um, the demon-possessed man. So verse 40, so it was when Jesus returned, came back, that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Kind of a contrast to the end of last week, where we talked about Jesus had just um, healed this demon-possessed man. The demons, hey, Lord, allow us to go to the pig's. Jesus allows the demons to go into the pigs. They run themselves off a cliffside, drown, kill the pigs. Um, But when Jesus, or when the people, I'm sorry, see that the man who was possessed was sitting, clothed, and in his right mind, they basically said, David put this really well. They were more afraid of what Jesus would do for them than what they would have to give up for it. And they say, hey, we don't want you here. Leave us. And Jesus is a gentleman. He will not stay where he's not welcomed, but he'll go where he is. Amen? So, verse 40, like I said, the the multitudes was waiting for him. Excuse me, guys. I have two bottles of water because it's getting pretty gnarly. So, excuse me as I um, sip along tonight. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him, to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, hold on to that number for a little bit, 12 years of age, that'll come in a little later, and she was dying, but as he went, the multitudes thronged him. So, distressed and desperate individual number one. We're going to meet two tonight in these passages, but we're introduced to Jairus, jairus we're told is a ruler of the synagogue kind of you could kind of put that as like a modern day pastor he was meant to oversee the synagogue the dealings inside of the synagogue and outside the spiritual things he was overseeing the synagogue there no doubt he would have been maybe lumped in with the group that jesus was at odds with the most which was who during this time during his ministry religious individuals the pharisees right guys so This is a spiritual leader, kind of a pastor at that time, ahead of the synagogue, and we see him falling down at Jesus' feet and begging for him to come to his house. Why? Because his daughter, his only daughter, 12 years of age, was dying. As I was looking into Jairus a little bit, and kind of thinking about like what I just mentioned, hey, this guy's one of the Top dogs, spiritually maybe in that area, maybe not Pharisee status, but he's a spiritual ruler at that time here. And like we've been saying is, and seeing in the gospel, they've been butting heads with Jesus. They, Jesus had most of his harsh words and stern warnings to these guys, these spiritual leaders. But we see here his daughter is dying. So you see a desperate man who maybe because of his status as the people were lined along the beach, he used his position to get to the front. We don't know. It doesn't say. Mostly just my opinion, so throw it out if it's not needed or if that's something that's maybe helpful for you to envision the story. But maybe he got to the front as they're waiting for Jesus to get to the beach, and he says, or I'm sorry, he just falls at his feet in desperation in front of Jesus had to have maybe killed a lot of pride to get there or run out of a lot of other options. Maybe this wasn't his first option. Maybe it was to go to the other spiritual leaders. Hey, anoint my daughter. Pray for my daughter. What's going on? Hey, she's sick. She's dying. I need help. Again, it doesn't say that, so I don't want to add to it, but we see this, I see this as a desperate individual who has cut down his pride, let go of it, And gone straight to the feet of the Jesus who he heard had been healing the blind, making the lame walk, and the sick are healed. And he falls down at his feet and begs him to come to his house. And I thought that was cool for a couple reasons, and I'm going to explore that as we go on because we're going to see a second desperate individual here in the story. 42. Oh, I'm sorry, 43. Now a woman... Desperate individual number two, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now, individual, desperate individual number two, the woman. A couple details for her. So like Jairus. A dying daughter at 12 years of age, for this woman, she had a flow of blood for 12 years, basically menstruating, um, for 12 years straight. To give you guys a little context of this, you guys don't need to flip there. And I don't mean to take this into a weird route or talk about something, whatever, that feels uncomfortable. This is God's word, amen. And for this, actually, there's just a little bit of context and we get a peek into what her life was like for 12 years. Guys, quickly flip if you want to. If not, that's okay. I'm going to come back to Luke 8. Leviticus 15. Leviticus chapter 15. I'm going to read nine verses. We're going to go 19 to 28. And like I said, guys, maybe a sensitive, funny topic, um, but God's word is God's word, so we're going to cover it. Um, And also, this should give us maybe a little peek into what what was going on in this woman's life. So 19, reminder, this is the Levitical law. So this is what these individuals would have been following. The law was still in place at the time of Jesus um, and his ministry in Israel. So here we go. This This would have applied to this woman in that day. You guys ready? If a woman has a discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, she shall be, she shall, she shall. Try saying that ten times fast. She shall be set apart seven days, so a week. And whoever touches her shall be unclean till evening. Everything that she lies on during her impurity shall be unclean. Also, everything that she sits on shall be unclean. Whoever touches her, touches her bed. Shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. And whoever touches anything that she sat on shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. If anything is on her bed or on anything on which she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. And if any man lies with her at all, so that her impurity is on him, he shall be unclean seven days, and every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days... Other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharges shall be as the days of her customary impurity. Basically there, hey, as long as this continues, as long as it goes on, the same uncleanness, the same rules apply throughout the entire um, instance of this impurity. Or basically, guys, obviously we know, we don't have to look too hard, basically this menstruation. Every bed on which she lies, all the days of her discharge shall be to her as a bed of her impurity. And whatever she sits on shall be unclean and the uncleanness of her impurity. Whoever touches those things shall be unclean. He shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean till evening. But if she is cleansed of her discharge, then she shall count for herself seven days. And after that, she shall be clean. So guys, your, or this, when a woman will go through this, Um, obviously natural, obviously repeated. There was a time where they were pronounced, hey, unclean, unable to worship. You weren't allowed to go into the synagogue. You weren't allowed to be around others. Anybody who touched you was unclean. Anything you touched was unclean, considered unclean. This woman, for 12 years of her life, imagine the discomfort, ladies. I'm not going to say that can because I don't know. Side note, men can't menstruate. I'm going to throw that out there quickly for you guys. Yeah, she Imagine the discomfort. Nowadays, for us, we obviously don't follow this Levitical law, but not only would it be uncomfortable, maybe embarrassing, but to follow the Levitical law, if she would have wanted to do this, everyone around her would not allow it to be to touch her, to touch the things she sits on, to touch the bed that she's on. And if they had anything to do with her basically at physical touch at all, they would be made unclean themselves. Twelve years of basically being alone, put to the side, discounted, unable to engage in fellowship, unable to worship. And that twelve years is significant. We saw how the Lord responded to Jairus' faith, falls down at his feet in desperation. Jesus, come to my house. My daughter is sick. Jesus gets and he goes with him. Jesus, knowing without a doubt that this woman had 12 years of anguish, Jairus had 12 years of peace and joy with his daughter, this woman for 12 years, had separation, maybe questions, hurt, uncomfortableness, Maybe others around, or no doubt others around, would have known what she was going through and put her to the side. They wouldn't wouldn't touch her, wouldn't want to be with her. They would know her deal. So for 12 years, instead of Jairus having his daughter and it being a joyful thing, 12 years of this woman on her own. And she falls at the feet of Jesus, but in a different manner. Let's check it out. And it came from behind, 44, and touched the border of his garment. This being um, translated as kind of like the tassels that they would wear on the back of their garments. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Ooh. As I was looking through this and kind of looking and comparing these two desperate individuals, Gyrus. Comes to the front of the line, pushes his way to the front. Maybe puts aside his ego, and he falls at the feet of Jesus. Hey, come save my daughter! This woman, ashamed, maybe, Im- no doubt ashamed and embarrassed, broke at the end of her rope. No more possessions left, having spent it on physicians. Almost embarrassingly, in the same manner, falls at Jesus' feet, but kind of behind. Gets the garment from trying to stay out of the picture if I could just touch him with the same not maybe not the same outward faith of this hey I need you but the same faith here that said if I could just touch his garment if I could just touch Jesus and 45 we're going to see how Jesus responds and I really love it and Jesus said who touched me when all denied it Peter ready fire aim Peter this guy catches strays, I feel like, every Sunday and Wednesday. Poor guy. When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? And verse um, 42, when it said the multitudes thronged him, it was like um, kind of similar to like that, that the passage where we're talking about the seas. Like it was a choking out. I don't know if you guys have been to like, it's different here on island, but if you're from the mainland or go and you like sports, when you go to like a sports event. And I've been I've been um, able to go to a few, but when the crowds get locked up in a line and there's a bunch of people, you don't just take smooth, clean steps all together and get to where you're going. It's abrupt. You can't move. You can't get around. And so Jesus is in this situation. The multitudes are pressing in around him, and he says, after this woman touches him, "Hey, who touched me?" Peter's like, "What do you mean?" looking at the situation plainly as a man, as an individual, maybe the way we would respond, like, what do you mean he touched you? Him, her, him, me, you. But Jesus said, somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me. I love this. Jesus knows and responds to those who come to him in faith. Amen. Whether it be in the sight of many and in the sight of all, maybe like Jairus did. Or maybe you and I come to the Lord at times like this woman, ashamed, embarrassed. We don't want others to know the things we've been going on or have have going on in our lives. I know there's been seasons in my life like that, things that are embarrassing, things that are hard, things that I don't want to admit. And I come to the Lord like in the back because I don't want to be seen at church because I, I know maybe one or two people there knows what's going on in my life but Lord like if you see me Lord I need you there's been seasons like that where it's just like embarrassing but 46 is cool hey somebody touched me before I perceived power going out of me the Lord responds and he knows now the, when the woman saw that she was not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him she's embarrassed she's scared She's been called out. Jesus, she thought she was off scot-free, touched the him, immediately healed, Praise the Lord, she's trying to skirt out of there. Maybe you're trying to get away from the crowd. And Jesus goes, "Oh, hey, who touched me?" She's caught. Falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately, maybe even more embarrassing here, declares in front of the people. What was going on with her body? What was going on? Maybe she didn't need to tell a bunch of people because they already knew, but she's caught and she proclaims to Jesus, Hey, this was going on and I'm healed. 48 was awesome. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 12 years she's been isolated. Can't touch her loved ones, her family, if she had that. Maybe, maybe not. Scripture doesn't say. But if she did, there was no touching, no fellowship, no intimacy with her family. She's healed, and Jesus says, daughter. Soft, endearing, intimate, and close. If you guys have ever had something that was gross, a sin that you're dealing with, something that's going on in your life that is just, you're ashamed to bring it to the Lord, you're ashamed to tell others, how true is it that Jesus, when he's forgiven you of that sin or healed you of that thing, hit son, daughter, there's no like, yeah, uh, sit over there for about a week until you're good, until you have gone through the process and you're cleansed, and then we'll, we'll link up. That's not our Lord, amen? Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I have to think that maybe Jesus gets his or her attention and calls her out in a sense, maybe so that others around who knew what was going on would know she wouldn't be able to fake it. And Jesus was proclaiming in front of everybody and her, hey, you're made well. Go in peace. So maybe that for her benefit, but also i think he also needed to let her know <clears throat> it wasn't the parlor trick of touching his garment necessarily it's your faith has made you well go in peace amen can the lord heal miraculously like that absolutely but he wants it to make it very clear to this woman hey it's your faith that has made you well go in peace and I'll bet she did. Amen. That's super cool. All this is going on, and who's still there? Our guy, Jairus. The crowd is thronging them. Jesus has this incredible moment with this woman. She's healed. He's addressing her. Maybe this took some time, and all the while, Jairus is a dad whose 12-year-old daughter is sick and dying. I wonder if he's there like Great lady. That's awesome. Move. Get out of the way. My daughter is sick. I don't, congrats. I don't care. Jesus, you're, you're slow. You're late. Let's go. Is that relatable? Amen. <laughs> hey like, how many times am I just like, Whew, day late and a dollar short, Lord. Holy cow. This could have been done a week ago. That would have been Great. The Lord is never late. He he arrives precisely when he means to. Got you, Austin. That was Gandalf, if you're wondering. But how true is that? While he was still speaking, 49, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. So he gets this sour news and I wonder if what I just said, those thoughts raced in his head. If it hadn't taken so long, if this didn't happen, maybe we would have gotten home in time. Jesus, didn't you know that? Couldn't you have known? If you're this teacher, if you're this Messiah that people are claiming you to be, you're claiming to be, wouldn't you have known? This woman could have waited another 30 minutes to an hour. Could you have healed her then? My daughter is dead. I wonder if that just shattered him. I couldn't imagine if, God forbid, Jesse passed away and I knew that it was time sensitive. Let's keep going. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe. Guys, Jesus' words to this father who's no doubt heartbroken, shattered, his only daughter, dead receives the news, Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. Only believe. Guys, I think that's a word for us. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what it is. Maybe someone's sick. Maybe you're sick. We're going to see Jesus here, spoiler alert, raise this little girl from the dead. And I don't know what the Lord will do specifically in your case or someone else's. But as we've been talking about in First Timothy 2, or 2 Tim- Timothy one, seven, we are not given a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl, Now all wept and mourned for her. Guys, these were, back in the day, professional mourners. If someone were to pass away, people would come to that home or wherever it was, and they were hired to mourn, to cry, to weep. The louder, the more intense the mourning, the weeping, the more important the individual. And so the professionals were here. It was official. They wouldn't have been there if they weren't on the clock. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. Like I said, they wouldn't have been there if they weren't on the clock. They knew. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Guys, I think in in Jesus' name at times we need to put out that doubt or those who ridicule. Jesus, there was no room for that for him. They ridiculed him and they put him out. And this little girl was risen from the dead. I think for us today, I think a lot of us have, whether it be something gnarly like death on the horizon or something physical that we're wrestling with, but I do know that we all have sin that we wrestle with. And it eats us away, or eats away at us. And it should cause us to be desperate for Jesus. I don't want to be like Jairus in the sense that if he did go and exhaust all his options or this woman, not to her fault, but was broke because she had gone to every doctor she could until she was had no possessions. Guys, I think what I want to encourage you with tonight, if you want to see the Lord move, guys, we we just need faith that He will move. Amen? But I think a lot of that also comes when we're desperate for Him. I can get into seasons in my life where it's easy to cruise, do my thing, or maybe an individual here, or I don't know, let this be just amongst yourselves, but is living with that sin, living with that illness for long periods of time, and there's that desperation for the Lord isn't there anymore, and we just cruise with it. What I was encouraged with in this whole passage is I see myself in that woman, in Jairus where I just want to be desperate for Jesus and at His feet at all times, good and bad. And I want to not wait till it's last option to get there. Amen. Yeah. Guys, if there is sin, or maybe it is physical, but we've lost that desperation that we should have for Jesus. I pray that that is stirred up in you guys again, Amen. Yeah. That we are driven to the feet of Jesus, not as a last resort but maybe it is. Maybe there is something that you're just ready to get rid of. You don't, you've been carrying around for 12 years and it's time to just fall at his feet in desperation in need of him. Maybe it looks like a great faith with boldness storming to the front. Jesus, I need you at my house now or maybe it's, Lord, I, I, just, I just need a touch of your garment. I just need a little bit. Lord, I just need you close. I just need to touch you in my life, there was just an issue I was working with and for so many years, and it felt just to the point where it just broke my heart. I wanted to walk with the Lord, and there was always that, Lord, oh, forgive me for this. But there came a day when there was just a desperation. I remember the Lord just drove me to my knees, and I think for the first time in my life, there was a desperation. I had been living with it this sin for years and allowed it to stick around and the lord just got me to a place where i just had to fall i had nothing else left to do spoken to pastors spoken to pastor dad spoken to all the youth pastors tried everything and just could not seem to gain any headway and the lord just boom on my face on my knees at his feet and i just remember him saying josh i love you son and I've loved you each, the same way each and every day you've struggled with this thing. And I hope that's an encouragement for you guys, just to st- take that step of faith. He loves you. He wants you there at His feet. And He wants to respond to that faith. If this woman or a gyrus had never taken the opportunity to say, Okay, Lord, I need you in all desperation. I'm going to Jesus. Maybe the, the girl dies and stays dead. Maybe the woman is never healed. But for me, and I think for you guys, what I want us to get from this is, if there's sin or if there's something in our life that we're tired of or is killing us, let's fall at Jesus' feet in faith knowing that He can heal you and that He'll respond to it. We serve a loving and gentle and ready God that wants to work in your life, that wants to change things, that wants to see those things made whole. Maybe there's somebody here who you haven't given your life to the Lord. You've tried all the roads. You've tried everything. You've gone every route. You've seen every doctor. You've gone to every philosopher in the world every friend every drug every drink and it's killing you it's rotting away and you know it would you fall on your face before Jesus today is the day of salvation you don't need to live with that anymore Jesus has separated us from our sin as far as the east is from the west amen thank you Lord that he heals us physically yes But our worst condition, our spiritual condition, our sin condition can be taken away like that in a moment. And it takes a small step of faith realizing, hey, I'm a sinner, Jesus, but you died for my sin. I don't want it here. I can't have it here. It's killing me. It's killing those around me. It's killing my relationships. It's killing my marriage. Lord, I need you. Touch me. Let's bow our hearts and our heads, Lord. And guys, I'm going to pray, and if that's you, Lord, or guys, I I pray that you guys would just raise your hand. Lord, if, if that's something that he would have us do. So guys, if that's you, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin Lord, I believe that you rose again three days later. I believe you are the Son of God. Lord, and I pray that you would take away all my sin. Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would come and reside in me and make me a new creation. If anybody prayed that, would you please raise your hand? We would love to just keep praying for you and love on you. Father, thank you for the believers in this room. Lord, I pray that we would bring the things that ail us to you. We wouldn't wait for last resort that we'd come in faith boldly, Lord. Thank you that we as believers we can come boldly to your throne. Lord, and we can lay these things at your feet. Thank you, Lord, that our sin is handled. Lord, and I pray If there is anyone here dealing with something physical or maybe a sick loved one or sick themselves, Lord, if it is your will, we pray in faith that you would touch these individuals, Lord, and heal them, Lord, like this woman. If it's your will, would it be immediately? Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this encouragement, Lord. Thank you that you call us sons and daughters. Who are we? that the God of the universe would love us that way. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father, in your precious name. Amen.